inside the confines of a standardized curriculum box to a teaching and learning space that is more creative? And how can you make this leap in your teaching practice in an easy and more systematic way that doesn't create more work for yourself during planning sessions? This is what I'm hoping to accomplish with Get Off the Dotted Line, a podcast that gives elementary teachers simple step-by-step tools, guidance, and advice on how to make teaching more creative without sacrificing high-quality content, instruction, skills, and amazing learning potential for your students. I'm your host, Dr. Paige Hendricks, and together we will explore different ways to simplify your planning and add a lot of creative impact that is outside the confines of standardized curriculum and the dotted lines. In today's podcast, we are going to discuss how to better and more effectively talk about mathematics with your students. This podcast will give you five simple and creative phrases that you can implement into your mathematics instruction time right away. I'm also going to talk about the necessary steps to actually implement these phrases to help you and your students get the maximum benefit from them during the instruction time. So by the end of this episode, I promise you will have five enhanced ideas that you can use to help make mathematics creative, engaging, and culturally rich for your students. And stay tuned for the Cut That Out section of this podcast, where I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the tips we talked about and use them right away. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, this episode will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Picture it. Wednesday afternoon, 3.50 p.m. My son and I have just gotten home from school and emptied out his backpack. Well, actually, I have emptied out his backpack because after mentioning it to him 500 times, it's still full and we need to get on with our afternoon. Like most days, the take-home folder comes out and there is, again, a math review worksheet. I take out the worksheet hand it to my son, and he goes to sit at the table with a pencil in hand to complete the work. Most days, it is like this, but, you know, he's seven years old, so nobody's perfect. Lately, my son is into, quote, I'll complete the worksheet myself and prove that I know what I'm doing, and you can just check it, mom mode, so I obliged and go change the washer loads. Call me when you need me to check your sheet, I say. Ten minutes goes by, and I walk back into the room just casually as to not to disturb the I-can-do-it-myself-mom part of the scenario. Okay, you can check it now, he says. So I sit down and begin the check, only to find out that one of the problems is incorrect. Does this sound familiar to those of you who are elementary teachers and also parents? But even though you may not be a parent, the teacher in me looks a bit closer at the problem that is incorrect to figure out where he went sideways. Don't you do the same? I always wanted to know what kind of mistake I was working with when helping a student learn math. 
Sometimes the mistake is a simple miscalculation, like 5 plus 6 is 12 instead of 11. Sometimes it's a real difficulty understanding what the problem is asking, like whether to add or subtract based upon the word problem sentence. And sometimes it's a misstep in the logic. And as is often the case with my son, whose mathematical brain thinks differently than mine, I wonder, how did you actually get to this answer? So I ask out loud, how did you get to this answer? Because I just can't figure out what is going on in his head. And he proceeds to come up with a logical, to him, explanation that involves putting together numbers in double problems, even though he had to create these problems for himself. Like he was finding all the five plus fives and six plus sixes, those kind of double problems, but they weren't evident at all in the calculations necessary to complete the problem. But in listening to his explanation, I understood his challenge. It actually was a minor miscalculation. This is good. Miscalculations are the mistakes I always wanted my students to have because these are the ones that can be easily fixed. It's the challenge as a teacher when the mistake of a student can't be explained back to you by the student, meaning the student can't really understand or know how to solve the problem at all. And they can't talk about how to solve it because they just don't know. That's when all of the other magnificent teaching strategies come out, including reteaching, differentiation of instruction, pairing the student up with another, talking through the next problem together, etc., etc. So I commend my son's teacher and her ability to have the students learn mathematics through explanations because now I know, however convoluted, what my son knows about this mathematical topic and how he can explain to me where he went awry so I can help him get back on track. But what about those students for whom this process of talking about mathematics isn't so easy? Here are some tips and then some key phrases to get you and your students headed down a good mathematical path. Number one, this one seems a bit obvious, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Get a hold of your favorite few mathematical phrases and write them into your lesson plans. It's important for you, the teacher, to adopt good habits as well. And one way to do this is to write something down. So whenever I wanted to be sure and point something out in a lesson, I put it on a brightly colored post-it note and I either put it in my plan or it was in the book itself. It could have been a vocabulary word I wrote down, a definition I wanted to say correctly, a question I wanted to be sure to ask, or in this case, a mathematical phrase that fits perfectly with what we were learning about that day. So take the time to purposefully write those mathematical phrases into your lessons for a while so that they become a habit for you to say out loud and the mathematical phrase actually gets used. Otherwise, you'll forget because there's so much going on before math class, right? Number two, share the mathematical phrase with your students. I've mentioned time and time again and in multiple podcasts on learning and how we learn that our brain loves routine and repetition. We literally thrive on this whenever we are learning something new. So my hope is that the mathematical phrases that I discuss today will become yours and get integrated into your classroom one at a time. 
And if you haven't ever printed out my handouts that go with each podcast, now is exactly the time to do this because it will contain the five mathematical phrases and the visual will allow you to share them with your students. That's the whole point. If you don't share them and remind them to use these phrases often, well, it's not going to happen. Number three, explain the mathematical phrases in your classroom. There is absolutely no scientific proof that a human brain will learn how to use something simply by putting it near or being in the vicinity of in which they are located or that brain is located. In other words, just because you've posted the paper near your students' desks doesn't mean your students will actually use these mathematical phrases or understand what they mean in order to use them. So, Take a moment to integrate some language arts into your math lesson, EGAD, I know, and explain what the mathematical phrase means and how to fill in the blanks. These five minutes of explanation are pure gold. Number four, model and practice using the mathematical phrase together. After you've explained the mathematical phrase and everyone in the class is on the same page as to what it means and how to use it, now comes the fun part, actually using the phrase in your instruction. Or even better, hearing your students use the phrase when explaining how they got through a math problem. This process of modeling and practice seems, well, repetitive. Because it is. And that's the whole point. Our brains don't learn new things on the first try. It often takes multiple tries and lots of practice to accomplish this task. You know what they say, five times plus or minus two and 10,000 hours of practice before something becomes a habit. Or maybe that's just me practicing my violin before an orchestra concert. Number five, prompt and encourage. If you and your class are listening to a student explain their way through a math problem and you notice a few students fading into oblivion, try interjecting a math prompt to get everyone back on track. By using and encouraging the mathematical prompt everyone has been learning and practicing, you are reiterating the logical nature of learning mathematics. For example, A student is explaining their mathematical thought processes on a problem, and you notice some students' foreheads begin to furrow. You interject, so what you are talking about is, insert mathematical phrase that fits here. You may just notice the furrowing disappear, and students begin to perk up a bit again. Prompting the use of the mathematical phrase and encouraging its use in the lesson will solidify higher quality math learning. It also allows diverse student perspectives and allows you and the whole class to see how different students use different points of mathematical knowledge to make sense of the math itself. Students may draw upon firsthand examples to help them solve problems, offering a culturally rich understanding of their thinking and learning of math for everyone involved in the discussion. Now comes the part you've all been waiting for. Let's get to those five mathematical phrases for you to use in your classroom. These are the five phrases I like and see as most useful for elementary classrooms and based upon the multitude of student challenges in mathematics, but a blog by Fly Math Club at flymathclub.com has 25 of these phrases listed, so take your pick. Phrase number one, I can prove my answer by blank. Phrase number two, 
I know the problem is asking me to blank because blank. Number three, I think that math makes sense or doesn't make sense because blank. Number four, the first thing I did to solve the problem was blank. And number five, I noticed that blank, which makes me think blank. So there you have it. Five mathematical phrases you can use to help make mathematics creative, engaging, and culturally rich for your students. Try and think about these ideas when you're planning and preparing your mathematics instruction. Here they are again. Number one, I can prove my answer by blank. Number two, I know the problem is asking me to blank because blank. Number three, I think that makes sense or doesn't make sense because blank. Number four, the first thing I did to solve the problem was blank. And number five, I noticed that blank, which makes me think blank. So there you have it. Five mathematical phrases you can use to help make mathematics creative, engaging, and culturally rich for your students. Whether you consider yourself a creative teacher or not, or just need a spark to re-energize your classroom atmosphere tomorrow, I hope these five mathematical phrases will help you confidently engage your students and create an atmosphere for high-quality content, instruction, and amazing learning potential to begin. Before we part, this section of the podcast called Cut That Out is one I do every time. Here I'll give you access to a handout so you can remember the five mathematical phrases to think about, plan, and practice in your classroom. You can find the handout on my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E hendricks.com along with today's show notes. joining me this week. To review key takeaways from today's episode and get the free handout, please visit my website at pagehendricks.com. That's P-A-I-G-E hendricks.com. Before we go, I hope you have enjoyed this podcast and want to listen to more. Please subscribe to get off the dotted line. I can't wait to share another podcast with you. Thank you again for joining me, Dr. Paige Hendricks, in today's episode of Get Off the Dotted Line. See you next time.